Case number 23-1579 from the District of Minnesota, Sandy Max USA versus City of South St. Paul. Thank you. Mr. Salzman. May it please the court. This case will decide as a practical matter whether the Eighth Circuit recognizes retaliation claims to protect constitutional liberties or not. Realistically, if the record before this court is not enough to at least raise a question of fact, realistically speaking, no record likely ever will. Now, this case involves four significant constitutional challenges to the city's conduct. Two on the 2020 odor ordinance and two on, or odor amendments and two on the 2019 zoning amendments. Today, I'm going to focus on the challenges to retaliation on the 2020 odor amendments because from a precedential standpoint, that is the most significant aspect of this case. Time allowing, I will also address the 2020 vagueness challenge and this seminal issue there, which is notice, which respectfully, unless this court is willing to disregard evidence, must find error. Now, <clears throat> on odor retaliation, there are three elements of that claim. The only one at issue is causation. And the question, the de novo question before this court is whether there, the record presents sufficient evidence to causally link the stipulated to protected activity of my client of challenging the city's improper conduct in the past with the passage of the 2020 odor amendments and the internal emails that we have presented directly link. Council, you have nothing from a mayor or city council or anybody with real authority in the city, right? My clerk claims there's nothing in the record like that. I have, uh, Judge Benton, I have extensive amount of internal emails from yeah. everyone in the city who prepared, uh, drafted the ordinance, prepared it, the city attorney, and everyone who But not works from with any decision maker. You have one email to the mayor, as I understand, but we don't have anything about what the city council did. You have kind of a legislative or bureaucratic intent. Uh, case on that, right? I was shocked that there was nothing from the city council or a mayor or somebody with power. Well, let's look at it this way. They present pages and pages, approximately 20-some pages of the factual record. And do they say, do they have anything? But you same? have the burden of proof, council. <laughs> Proceed. <laughs> but 
the most they can say, and they have summary judgment. So respectfully, I have the burden of proof at trial. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. They, for summary judgment, the best they can say, their conclusion, their words, page 52 of their brief, after reviewing 20 pages of evidence on the record, it is, quote, especially plausible because they have no direct evidence disputing the evidence that directly links the but-for causation of our challenges to the creation of the 2020 odor amendments. That is the April, uh, well, addendum page 26, the April 2020 email, and to the very purpose of the passage of those amendments to punish Sanamax. When you say our actions or our challenges, are you, so you're talking about the 2017 lawsuit? Um, more than that. Okay, so tell me, I wasn't quite clear the scope of, of, because everybody agrees that there is protected conduct. I assumed it was the lawsuit, but tell, tell me if it's more. It's more. So 2014, city passes an odor ordinance. 2015, they improperly designate Santa Max a SOG or significant odor generator. We challenge that. They retract it. When, so when you're, so you just say challenge. So so help me understand the conduct that Santa Max is undertaking there. Freedom of speech. We got lawyers. Well, and when you say challenge, I, is there a legal process or are you just writing a letter? What help me understand something a little bit more detailed than challenge? Lawsuit, I understand. Understood. Sorry. Um, in 2015, we did not have to file a lawsuit. It went up to that. I believe there were threats of a lawsuit, but we didn't actually have to file a lawsuit. The city retracted it before the lawsuit was filed. In 2016, there was a settlement that sort of came out of that proceeding in 2015. In 2016, the city breached that settlement and designated us again as a SOG for the second time in December. That time, we did file a lawsuit. Coming out of that proceeding, the city was required to put objective measurements in their ordinance. Since then, the record shows that they have tried to designate us as a SOG. There is... Um, it, that, it, it, but, okay, so they are trying to designate you as a SOG, and I think for the retaliation it has to be because we challenged in 2014 and 15 and filed and a lawsuit 17. in 2017. So that's... that We understand the... There's been a lot of talk, I guess, about what's happened, sort of the adverse action kind of retaliation. But I really like to hear you talk about the connection to, between that conduct and, and how you link that up to the lawsuit and what you've just described as your kind of you know, fight back on, on the SOG designation. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, two issues. One, as this court has recognized, retaliatory causation is almost always a jury question because it's very fact-based. But two, this record goes above and beyond that because we have the internal emails from the city planner, the one who is behind the passage of the whole ordinance, to this, um, uh, the odor consultants, the outside odor consultants. And this is on addendum page 26. This is the April email. Mr. Healy says to the odor consultants, we had a staff meeting, quote, to discuss moving forward in regards to Sanamax. Not odor in general, not odor emitters in general, but my client and only my client. And what did he say? Quote, the general consensus is that odor ordinance is not strong enough to go up against their legal team. Per our city attorney, there is little value 
in trying to declare Santa Max a significant odor generator and trying to force them to develop an odor mitigation plan. They are likely to contest the requirement in court and they are likely to prevail because under the objective standards, they can't show that we have seven verified complaints over a six-month period. Now, that just links the conversation with our protected activity. But there's a missing point in that chain, right? How do you get to the actual amendments? The email doesn't stop there, though. It says there are two potential strategies for dealing with the protected activity. And the first one says, quote, we effectively give up on trying to get Sanamax to fix their odor issues and instead basically approach it as an odor tax, meaning that they are going to cite and fine us. That is exactly a direct, unmistakable reference to the 2020 odor amendments. How do, what do you, how do you um, deal with the fact that it's basically, the, it, it's the, I think that the evidence shows that the same reason that the city was going after Santa Max in 14 is the same reason in 17, which is the odors. Well, I, so In other this words, doesn't before, say before your before your okay your your protected conduct and after it's the same it's the same goal, which is the odor. Um, In the record, the only only direct evidence of how this came about, why this came about, is this April email. And this April email doesn't say anything really about odors. It focuses on our protected activity, the protected activity to which the city is stipulated to. And, and don't get me wrong, they might have an argument on circumstantial evidence that maybe that's not it. But if this direct evidence that links the protected activity to the adverse action is not enough directly. I mean, unmistakable inferences. If that's not enough to at least Council, raise what, a question of fact. What, what's wrong with, the, uh, with this comment or observation about the, the uh, evidence that you have just presented um, that the actions then of the city were not in retaliation uh, uh, for your client's actions, but they were activities and actions that were directed at your client, who well, the city believes is the primary or one of the primary uh, odor emitters, so to speak, uh, in the city. The problem with that... How, how do you make the distinction between response to the client, the perpetrator, so to speak, as opposed to retaliation for that entity's actions? Because there is zero evidence in the record, not even a self-serving declaration from the city councilman or the mayor or councilwomen or anybody else. Zero evidence in the record to suggest that. There is a lot of direct evidence. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence, but this is the only direct evidence that talks about how this came about, why it why came they about. Why it was being prepared, right? Yes. The quote from the email is preparing it. This is why we're preparing it. Correct. It didn't and say why it was implemented. It just says why it was being prepared, correct? 
Correct. Yeah, prepared is the verb. Go ahead, proceed. And they passed it. No, no, the city planner didn't have a vote on that, I'm pretty sure. City planner was instrumental in presenting it. Council, he didn't have a vote on it. The answer to that is yes. Go ahead. Correct. The answer is yes. Yes. He did not vote on that. Right, proceed. Without his activities, that never would have come before the board. Now, do you have any evidence of that? He's the one who drafted the city council work session papers. He's the one who drafted with Are they in evidence the city, city council yeah. work? The work papers, papers? absolutely. Okay. They're part good. Of it. They describe why the, the board, or I'm sorry, why the city council passed it. And it says to create two tracks. And it's summarized in the next email in four bullet points, which essentially it says. Which, which to e- is this the May email or Correct. the July? The May email. May 20 email. Yes. Okay. Um, I, uh, now you say the city admits it. Who do you, who, who is that email from council? That your is, brief says again, the city admits it in that email. Go ahead. Right. Who's it the from? city planner. That's again, the city planner. It is again, okay. the city. Planner. So it's his view of the world yes, before and after. Okay. And he's describing exactly the purpose. And the July 29 email, you say city admits, is that the city planner again? It is the prior city planner, yes, sir. Okay, so they're all three city manager, city planner emails. Right. Thank you. Go ahead. I will reserve the rest of my time for a You may, of course. Okay. Ms. Swenson. Uh, good morning, and may it please the court. I'm here on behalf of the Appali, the city of South St. Paul. In the years 2015 to 21, while Sanamax was engaging in the stipulated protected conduct, Sanamax generated more than 10 times the amount of verified odor complaints than any other business in the city. Verified odor complaints are those where, in response to a complaint, the city's uh, consultant on odors, the SEH engineering firm, responds to the complaint, conducts an investigation, determines whether the odor uh, is at a level of seven or more, and whether that they can attribute the odor to a particular business. What percent of them were for City Hall Council? Of, of all the verified odor yeah. complaints? what percent were they? The other side says a high percent. Well, that's a difficult question to answer because there could be multiple complaints on one day. And so, so let's say there are 10 complaints on one day. I believe the evidence that they submitted, they pointed to one incident where there were um, 10 complaints on one day. Five indicated that it could be smelled either within or outside City Hall. But there were five that were not City Hall, which... That's half in my... On one day, yes, there is evidence on one day there was half, yes. And so SEH conducted one investigation based on all of those complaints that were received and determined that it came from Santa Max. Of the total amount of complaints in that period of time, what percent were from City Hall? I do not know. Thank you. Proceed. Um, But you do have the full thing if you would like to send your clerks after that. (laughs) Sometimes we had help from council on that. Go ahead. Well, each verified odor... They like help from council. Each verified odor complaint is a violation of the law, Um, and the city has tried to mitigate odors, including through an amendment to its zoning ordinance in November of 2019 and through clarification of the odor pollution laws in May 2020. The city respects Santa Max's right to remain in business, uh, but it has fined Santa Max for the verified odor complaints I mentioned, and the city has effectively stopped any unilateral growth of rendering operations inside this new light industrial zone. 
In response to Santa Max's actions, or I'm sorry, the city's actions, Santa Max tried and failed to convince the district court um, of several things related to their constitutional claims. One, that the rezoning was truly irrational. Uh, two, whether the odor enforcement amendments in 2020 are void for vagueness. Uh, three and four, about whether both ordinances were caused not by Santa Max's odors, but because of its free expression. Judge Montgomery correctly applied the law to a record that was fully developed in discovery, and she correctly granted summary judgment to, against Santa Max. This court should affirm the judgment. And like my friend on the other side, um, given the extraordinary legal difficulty that, that I think Santa Max has with the void for vagueness claim and the equal protection claim, especially the rational basis standard that applies for equal protection, uh, unless the court has specific questions about those two claims, I would like to concentrate on the retaliation claim. With regard to that claim, even if the results of almost two years of discovery are viewed in a light most favorable to Santa Max, a reasonable jury cannot conclude that the 2019 rezoning and the 2020 odor amendments would not have happened unless the city was retaliating against Santa Max. Um, and what I'd like to say on that point, I was going to say at the very end, but I think it addresses a question of how do you tell if the city was angry at what Santa Max was, um, you know, their First Amendment conduct versus just the extensive odor problem, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, summary judgment is appropriate on a retaliation claim with regard to causation, where there is a lawful, obvious alternative explanation that makes retaliation implausible. I think that's where the, the plausibility language was coming in. I realize this is summary judgment, but plausibility does come into it under the Eighth Circuit's case law. That is what happened last year in the case of Shottle versus Nebraska State College System. Um, the site to that is 42 F4th 976. Uh, and that, neither side's brief, counsel. That, that is in our brief proceed, on page proceed. 42. Sorry, yes. proceed. Uh, and that was written by Judge Shepard. In Shottle, this this court affirmed the grant of summary judgment where there was a lawful alternative explanation for the employer's decision that the plaintiff employee's contract would not be renewed. And that lawful alternative explanation was the plaintiff's, quote, habitual early dismissal and cancellation of class and failure to follow the syllabus in violation of school policy, unquote. Here, there is also an obvious lawful alternative explanation for the rezoning and for the odor amendments to the extent that they affect Sanamax. Sanamax was repeatedly violating the law through odor pollution. It had more than 10 times the verified odor complaints of any other business in the city. On this record, no reasonable jury could conclude that the protected expression was the but-for cause of the rezoning and the odor amendments. How about preparing it in the city planner? I noticed you heard. The city planner apparently, though, wants to punish you, wants to prepare it because he's he's going to lose on anything else. Or maybe a she, mm -hmm. sorry. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and uh, fine instead of do, you know, his his look a little retaliatory. Are you, so Michael Healy, I believe, is the, the planner. All I know is the emails. three emails they keep talking about. Right, And right. I found out they're all three by the pl uh, city planner and, a, and one's by successor. Proceed. Sure. So with uh, the ones that I believe are cited in the brief uh, are written by Michael Healy. And the first thing I would say about that is to the extent that punishment is mentioned at all, it's not punishment for what Santa Max, you know, suing the city or expressing anything. It's punishing Santa Max for violating the law, for the odor violations. For non-cooperation. Well, what is the so, word is non-cooperation. Well, I think to that, the maximum extent. 
<laughs> well, so for non-cooperation, is it violating the odor law? Because obviously that's not protected if that's the non-cooperation we're talking about. Is it challenging the SOG designations, as I think I heard today? Um, if no, if it's SOG designations, that would, to get out from under those SOG designations, there were two of them. The most recent, um, there was a settlement in um, 20, or 2017. Uh, to get out from under those SOG agreements, Santa Gramax agreed to meet at least quarterly with the city and they failed to do what they agreed to do. And through all that process, since those two designations were resolved, Santa Max has continued to commit odor violations. Uh, with regard to Mr. Healy's emails about wanting to punish Santa Max, again, if you uh, please do read the, the emails closely, um, there is no mention of we want to punish Santa Max because they sued us. We want to punish Santa Max because they don't agree with the SOG process. It's, it refers to we want to punish them to the maximum extent possible for the violations of the law. That is this what it says. This for non-cooperation, doesn't it, counsel? I don't believe it does. Yes, it Which does. It says not cooperating, non-cooperation. I swear that the, the one does. non-cooperation. Uh-huh. I think. And so that would, so well, and then. That's well, in the May 2020 email, but. Right. Well, as you pointed out, Mr. Healy did, is not a decision maker. And furthermore, Mr. Healy did not draft that ordinance. It was the city attorney. Does the record reflect that he's not a decision maker? Yes, it does. He's a, he's a decision preparer, don't you think? He did not prepare the ordinance that says he issue. is. He did, well, we have <laughs> in his first email. Oh, Mr. <laughs> yeah, he says that. Well, so when it comes to the rezoning ordinance, or I'm sorry, the rezoning ordinance, um, the, the odor amendments, we have to look at what those amendments actually did. The text of those amendments, the red lines, that was done by the city attorney. He had his sworn deposition testimony. He is the author, not the city planner. And we have to look at the text of those ordinances to see what's going on here. That is, I think that's is the, there no the, evidence in the record about what the city councilor or mayor did? I assume they have there such a legislative There were several city council body. members who were deposed, yes. Okay. Um, and I haven't seen, I agree with you, I haven't seen any evidence of any um, emails from, there were, I think there was the one where the mayor was forwarding the, the complaint of a citizen and the mayor asked what's going the on. The mayor with got the three emails apparently at one time and a city council member testified that, that you cooperated, or that Santa Max cooperated. Cooperated with what? Co cooperated with the city and made efforts to prevent odors. They did, but the odor <laughs> problem continued, and that's why we're here, is that the city was seeking out different uh, strategies to enforce the, uh, the odor um, ordinances. And I will point out that what the amendments actually did in May of 2020, I think it's important to look at the, the redlined um, ordinance. You can find that at the city's appendix at page 555 through 558. To be clear, Santa Max wants to strike down that ordinance itself, Ordinance 1356, which has the red lines. Those amendments did only three things. Uh, one, it added the city administrator to the list of uh, city employees who has a, has a role in odor enforcement. Two, it added language that said if a business is currently designated as a SOG, there's no reason, uh, well, it's not necessary to do a warning letter before you proceed to administrative citations. That really doesn't have any uh, application here because there is no business that is currently designated as a SOG including Santa Max. Um, the third thing it did is that language was added to clarify that the city has many ways to deal with violations of section 110-142, which is the prohibition against odor pollution. And, and that's it. And Santa Max has not engaged with the text of those red lines. What they seem to be upset about is that the city changed its odor enforcement strategy because the SOG designations were not causing 
the odor problem to go away. To be clear, the city already had the power to administer, or I'm sorry, to issue administrative citations, and that is something that Sanamex acknowledged as early as uh, 2017. If you look at the city's appendix um, on pages 752 and 53, that's the deposition testimony of Ben Bertram, who is a former Sanamex employee, and also the appendix at 925. That's an email where Mr. Bertram wrote um, that he understood as early you know, as August 2017 that the city might find Sanamex $2,000 per verified odor complaint. So Sanamex knew long before the rezoning, long before the odor amendments, that it could be fined for odor violations. So it's not retaliation for the city to amend its laws or to select a different enforcement tool that's already available to it in response to one or more businesses repeatedly breaking the law. Were the, the amend, there were amendments in response to the earlier complaints and lawsuits, you know, right? There was, okay, so the, um, the odor pollution chapter went into effect in July of 2014. There was an amendment in, I believe it was May of 2017 after that, that lawsuit was resolved. And what that did is it specified that a nasal ranger was to be used to determine the level of an odor. Uh, it provided some more specificity into the odor. Um, the, the enforcement process. So, so in, in some ways, the, I mean, it's, maybe it's not relevant to the analysis, but the city did respond to that lawsuit, I suppose, giving clarification that Santa Max was kind of looking for at that stage? Was it the complaint that we don't know what an odor is? We don't know. I believe it was done to shore it up against a, a vagueness complaint. But again, that ordinance, which I, I, I'm blanking on the number, was from May 2017. It's in the record. That is not at issue today. So it's just these minor... Um, yes, the ones changes, in 2020. Or what you've described as minor. Yes. <laughs> Council, uh, I want to call your attention to this April 2020 email from the city planner to the consulting firm in which the city planner uh, says that there, there would be little value in designating Santa Max as a significant odor generator because Santa Max would likely prevail in a legal challenge to the designation. Mm -hmm. And that's cited as, as evidence of retaliatory. I don't think it is. I think it's an acknowledgment. I, I apologize, Your Honor. I, I think it's an acknowledgment by the city that they had twice designated Santa Max. And, it, and to be clear, the SOG designations require seven verified odor complaints within six months. So that happened once. Um, they worked it out with Santa Max under an agreement where Santa Max would meet with the city uh, on a quarterly basis. It happened again later on. That was the second and, and final SOG designation. It didn't stop the odor problems. After the, it was resolved, there were, um, I think there were at least 50 verified odor complaints after that. But so then this, we have another situation where at some point I think they had enough verified odor complaints to do a third SOG designation. And it says, well, it didn't work before. Um, we do have this other tool in our toolkit to use. Why don't we use that? I mean, the definition of insanity is, is doing something repeatedly, getting a result you don't like, and then, you know, doing it over and over again. The city wanted to respond to the complaints it had been getting. They wanted to try to solve this problem with a different strategy that was available to them. That's not retaliation for the, for the um, you know, what, what Santa Max had done. It's responding to the problem of the odor complaint. And going back to what I said before in the Shottle case, this is a lawful, obvious alternative explanation that remakes, uh, 
retaliation implausible. You can look at not only at the complaints that are coming into the city, um, the, 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 quali the, um, the verification of the complaints by SEH. Um, it's not the city who determines if it's a verified odor complaint. We have a consultant do that. Um, so there is a kind of a buffer, even if someone at the city was out to get Sanamax, so to speak. Um, and the other thing is look at Sanamax's own internal documents, where their own on-site environmental specialist is keeping track of odor complaints, and he is making desktop conclusions as to whether an odor complaint is something that Sanamax did. That's in our um, supplemental appendix. And I will get you the number there, but starting on page, let's see, yes, page 374 of the city's appendix through page 400, it's a chart. Every single red box is a, a complaint where Sanamax's own employee has said, I investigated that this complaint is an odor caused by Sanamax. This is not a trivial problem. This is something the city has struggled with over the years, and neither the rezoning nor the retaliate, or nor the, nor the amendments um, in 2020, which were quite minor, are because of Sanamax's protracted expression. It's because of the odor problem. Okay, let's see if there are questions, questions, questions. I do have one. Yeah. It's a yes or no. Was Mr. Healy deposed? Yes. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for the argument. Uh, Mr. Salzman. Thank you, Your Honor. What you didn't hear and what's not in the briefs is what is the but-for cause of the 2020 odor amendments. And it's clear, I submit to you, that if we didn't challenge the SOG designations and they were able to regulate us under the old odor ordinance, there was no need to amend it. The only reason that's in the record for them amending it, creating the amendment, is our challenges because they improperly tried to regulate us when they didn't have seven verified complaints within a six-month period. Now, they focus ex almost exclusively on the SEH report that says 10 times as many odor complaints came from my client than anybody else. Three points about that. First, in context, depending upon how long an odor complaint lasts, that means somewhere between 95 and 99.5% of the time, there is no odor coming from my client. Second, that report directly over or understates the, the verified complaints from the same uh, odor consultant of others. For example, that report says Twin City Hyde and Twin City uh, Tanning, the two favored similarly situated companies, had zero in 2021. Yet the city issued a warning letter to those companies for two complaints in 2021 based on who? The odor consultants verifying of those that appear nowhere in the report that says that it 10 times is us. And don't forget, the city has already admitted that there were two sources of dog food orders that were likely falsely attributed to us. Go back and look at those 79 complaints. I'm not saying quite half, but a significant amount of them reference dog food. There is, what I'm saying is these are factual issues the, the resolution of which is not so free from doubt as to take it from the jury, to quote this court's decision in Graham. 
They talk about, well, I have 30 seconds. At the end of the day, what this court has is some direct evidence on, the, on our side, all circumstantial on theirs. Reasonable interpretations of the evidence is by definition a jury question. And that is what this record indisputably provides. They, you never heard, assume all facts, as Sanamax said, and as a matter of law, they lose. That is a summary judgment standard, and that is what argument they don't make because they can't meet. Thank you. Thank you, counsel, for the argument. Case number 23-1579 is submitted for decision by the court. And Ms. McKee, would you please show 23-1145 and 23-1295 is also submitted this date for decision by the court. This court will be in recess until 9 a.m. tomorrow morning.